Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the all-new KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's Friday. It's March 17th. We have day one of March Madness in the books. Day two is currently underway, and we have two games already hot out the gates at halftime it's usc and michigan state tied at 34 apiece and kennesaw state is tied with xavier at 23 apiece with 10:36 to go in the first half we'll continue to update some march madness action we'll take a look back at yesterday's slate look ahead to this afternoon Look ahead to Saturday's matchups. Boy, it's just going to be filled with some March Madness action, some Suns conversation, NFL, and of course, we'll check in at the PGA Tour for the Valspar Championship. But first of all, Bob, this is the most pressing matter of the day. It is March 17th, and that means it's St. Patrick's Day. Do you have your green on? God, no. Oh. I don't know if I have any green. What? Um... I don't even know if I have any. I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't think I have a. I'm pretty sure I don't even have a green shirt anywhere. I've got all these stupid golf shirts I've been wearing around for the last hundred years, and I don't think any of them are green. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Speaking of those stupid golf shirts, it was my little thing when I played golf that on the final day I always wore green, and I'll just I leave it say- at that. Yeah, well, it wasn't. I didn't say your golf shirts were stupid. Those are my golf shirts are stupid, and they're not green. So there we go. All right, all right. Uh, as we'll do, we'll set the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question, and it's pertaining to tonight's contest between ASU and TCU. And Bob caught up with Stephen Johnson from from the Fort Worth Star Telegram, and if you missed that interview, talking about all things TCU hoops as well as the Big Twelve remaining teams in March Madness. Podcast that over at KDOS1060.com. Here's the question, though. Who do you have ATS in Denver? ASU plus 5.5, TCU minus 5.5. Those numbers come into you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. ASU, it's not out in front to the tune of 100% of the vote anymore, but it's still leading the way. 83% TCU trailing at 17%. I think this is a really difficult game to handicap. First up, I'm, I hope they're you know all healthy and ready to go because this should be an up and down game. Because obviously ASU, athletic TCU led the nation in fast break points per game, and th- this last game of the day, at least you know you don't at least right now it's scheduled to be the last game of the day. Uh, and uh, depends on how long the games go before in Denver, and you know those things get messed up sometimes. But uh, should be fun. Uh, I think it's uh, you know if I were if we weren't here and I were just looking at the matchups, and uh, this would de- definitely be a game that uh, I'd have circled to try to you know watch in, in some detail in. And uh, obviously, I'm going to watch in detail because we are here. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Well, we'll answer that question around 1130 or so today. Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Who deserves most of the blame for U of A's pathetic performance versus Princeton? If you missed it, uh, U of A lost as the two seed to the 15 seed Princeton uh, squad here. And the, uh, the options are the players or head coach Tommy Lloyd. And the players remain out in front. 75% of the vote, head coach Tommy Lloyd at 25 yeah, I actually think the case can certainly be made for both. Um, you know, the U of A outscored 9-0 to end the game. They seemingly had a pretty comfortable 49-37 lead, so you can do the math there. Uh, this is after they had a big lead at the end of the first half and then got outscored 8-0 to end that half. So if you just take the end of each half, they got outscored 17-0 to end the two halves. Uh, we'll answer that question as well around 1130. Probably to all of you listening out there, the most important part about today is the Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift certificate that is still on the line. If you uh, are new, it's the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's is not your normal meat market. They have craft beer, wine, spirits, and of course those amazing treats for your four-legged friends. They are located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. And the weekend specials for this weekend, 45-day dry-aged beef tomahawk steaks at $25.99 a pound. I think I need someone who's a really good cook to help me understand how to, to do that right because this sounds like an amazing meal that you shouldn't mess up. Your mom could uh, help you, right? She probably could, yes. Yeah. Uh, she'd probably enjoy it very much as well. Uh, yeah. Prime bone-in pork butt roast at $3.99 a pound and fresh jumbo party-style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. Those are the weekend weekend specials for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Check them out online at vonhansensmeats.net and uh, we'll have the $100 gift certificate. Not right now, though. Instead, right now, we have to talk U of A losing to Princeton 59-55 yesterday afternoon. They became the latest two seed to fall to a 15 seed in the March Madness. It's the third straight NCAA tournament in which a 15 seed has stunned a two seed. You go back to uh, 2021, sorry, Bob, Oral Roberts beat Ohio State. Yeah. 2022, St. Peter's beat Kentucky. Uh, it also has happened. Now, now, these are those are really bad for me. I'm an Ohio State fan, and I picked Kentucky to win the tournament last year. They <laughs> lost in the first round. And then St. Peter's became the darling of uh, of the tournament. Yes, and I probably picked against them in the next round too. For all, all I know, and they end up going like, did they go to the like the Elite Eight at least the Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, they. I think it was the Elite Eight is when they finally got bounced. Yeah, well. I might have been right then. <laughs> <laughs> the odds were with you. Um, That's right. However, I was already way behind. <laughs> <laughs> however, uh, this is the 11th time in the NCAA tournament history that a 15 seed has beat a two seed. So when it comes to the numbers, though, to this. And l let me stop you there. It's U of A is the first program ever that has had that happen to them twice. That's uh, true. Steve, Steve Nash and Santa Clara. Uh, 1993, maybe? I'm just guessing because I remember I watched that game at the Mirage in Las Vegas. So I was still living there. And uh, yeah, that, uh, 
it, you know, everybody just assumes because I, you know, I, I allegedly attended the U of A that I'm a big U of A basketball fan. I, yeah, I think you know, I follow them, and you know, don't, but I don't lose my mind over the U of A. But you know, I remember you know there were people in the sports book that knew me, and uh, you know they're like apologizing or feeling bad, or they're giving me grief. One of the you know take your pick. <laughs> so that's where I thought, who's this Steve Nash dude? <laughs> he just he just destroyed the U of A. Uh, so for the numbers, though, when we look at this uh, U of A matchup against Princeton yesterday afternoon, Tabellis was 9 of 20 for 22 points. Ballo was 6 of 10 for 13 points and 12 boards. Kirk Carissa was just 1 of 7 for 3 points. The Wildcats were out-rebounded, out-physicaled, out-hustled, out-played down the stretch uh, in terms of knowing and understanding what to do in a late and tight ball game. You're not leaving much for me here. You just pretty much <laughs> summed up the whole game. Um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, uh, they got outscored at the end of each half. Uh, you know, 8-0 to end the first half, 9-0 to end the game. Uh, in between, they had seemingly kind of taken control and had a 49-37 lead and then did nothing the rest of the game. Uh, you mentioned Creasa. He... I think he's. I don't think this the this shoulder thing is it was a you know, really factor at all unless it you know, he he can't move his legs and feet and play defense because of his shoulder. Uh, I think that Princeton they were really smart, uh, which is not surprising. Princeton are really smart, duh. Um, but uh, you know, they basically attacked Creasa, whoever he was allegedly trying to guard. They just attacked him, and uh, whoever you know he was allegedly trying to guard. Managed to get into the paint without any problem whatsoever and either set up points for the guy that had the ball or set up points for, you know, others that, you know, the UVA, the bigs had to help. And, uh, yeah, it starts with Kreisa. He was pathetic. And it's the second year in a row that, you know, I don't, I just don't understand why he is the starting point guard for the University of Arizona. I think he should be, you know, on a good team. He should be coming off the bench and playing, uh, you know, six, seven minutes a half. And I said the exact same thing when they lost last year to Houston. I said the exact same thing last year before they lost to Houston and before he got hurt in the conference tournament. And, you know, even yesterday, you know, he's a, he, he is a good passer. There's no doubt. But he was terrible in that area yesterday, too. He had four turnovers and two assists in the game yesterday. And, uh, I actually think this whole thing starts with, you know, he can't guard anybody. And the opponent certainly knew it yesterday. So let's stay here for a second with the guard play. I mean, we've known for a while that the guard play is an issue, and it obviously, as you chronicled there, showed up big time yesterday, not just Kirk Creesa, but just kind of the overall situation at guard. So now that Tommy Lloyd has been a part of the program a couple of years now, is this time to really start to see how his chops are with recruiting and to change how this team is structured? Yeah, it's it's hard to say because of the transfer portal. So uh, you know, they did a nice job. Yeah, Henderson was been a really good player. You can make a case, and I, you know, I'm going to make it now. Uh, I think I made it before that Larson and Henderson, and I consider Henderson a perimeter player at least, not a guard necessarily, but a perimeter player. I think that they're the third and fourth best players on the U of A team. And yesterday they did nothing. They combined for a total of four points on two out of seven field goals. Larson was in foul trouble. Uh, they actually tried Larson against the big from Princeton because you know, another problem 
is that as uh, you know, as good as Tubelis is, he can't guard anybody either. And they didn't dare put uh, the, him on the the Princeton big dude, who you know kind of did some damage also. Uh, but uh, the fact that Larson and Henderson, who were both very good in the Pac-12 tournament and both very good much of the season, they were awful yesterday, and uh, that certainly did not help matters. They, as I mentioned, four points and two out of seven from the field. So I didn't think that U of A was going to lose to Princeton yesterday, but I also didn't have U of A going very far in the tournament. I was like you that I think that there were some some holes that certainly showed up in key moments throughout the season, and they certainly all showed up yesterday. How did so many national pundits get this wrong about U of A with so many, uh, you know, thinking that they could really make some noise? I have no idea. Uh, You know, Jay Billis and... Andy Katz and the President of the United States uh, apparently all had, uh, you know, either the winning the tournament or going deep in the tournament, and I, I have no clue. Uh, I just don't think I, I have no idea. I, I don't know if uh, sometimes with people in the media you like the coach and you have a good relationship with the coach, and maybe you can't divide your objective thinking about a team because you like the coach. Uh, so that, that's the only explanation I could possibly have uh, for Billis and Katz. You know, Billis was actually, he covered a couple of U of A games, uh, you know, all the way back in Hawaii. But also, if I'm not mistaken, he did a game in Tucson this year during the, the Pac-12 season. You're plugged into this with like the U of A alumni base and just kind of, you know, some people in the, the Tucson area here. Uh, you know, how how is this going to sit with them being bounced here in the first round and just the overall expectations that the, the, the fan base has for this program? I think it's OK. Um, yeah, I think they're just, first up, they're still really happy that anybody but Sean Miller is, uh, you know, is their coach. That's a good thing. Uh, they were done with Miller for obvious reasons, for any reasons at the end. Uh, and watching Miller right now, I mean, Xavier is kind of falling apart as we speak in this game against Kennesaw State. Uh, they're still winning, but uh, they had a substantial lead in this game. Uh, I believe they were up 11 at one point, and now they're only up by one. But anyway, the fact that Miller is not there anymore, I think, is a good starting point for the U of A fan base. Also, uh, oddly enough, I think uh, you know it's going to be a basketball city forever, in my opinion. But you know, I think that uh, the fact that the U of A football program, at least in their mind, I don't necessarily agree with this, but uh, at least in their mind, has shown some hope for the future. Uh, maybe kind of deflects away some of the the disappointment from the basketball season. Yeah, you know, last year they used uh, you know the you know the crease of ankle injury as an excuse. This year, I guess some people are using the crease's shoulder injury for an excuse. He's just not good. So that's the first thing that Tommy Lloyd has to realize is that he cannot be your starting point guard. He's got two more years of eligibility, by the way. Uh, so we'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, he cannot be a starting point guard on a national championship contending team. Pick the winner of the Basketball Bonanza by going to KDOS1060.com, entering the Basketball Blitz contest from Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. Uh, If you correctly pick the winner, you will go into one big pot for your chance at $2,000. It's a great opportunity to have some fun with the Basketball Blitz and be a big winner. It's all at KDOS1060.com, brought to you by Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. In addition to that, uh, be sure to go to Desert Diamond Casino West Valley and the winner's sport. 
Sports Bar. Winter Sports Bar serving up great food and drinks surrounded by wall-to-wall screens plus Arizona's best local sports book. But that's KDOS1060.com. There's still time to enter who you think is going to win this tournament and be a part of an opportunity for $2,000. We'll go back to yesterday's games and kind of run through the gamut of those uh, in the next segment. Plenty of March Madness happening here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. As it is now, Kennesaw State is leading Xavier 34 to 33 with 521 to go in the first half. And USC and Michigan State is still at halftime 34-34. He is Bob Kemp. I am Kayla Mortolaro. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and the KDOS 1060 app. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Right here on KDOS AM 1060, you're in the extra point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Plenty of March Madness action ongoing, and you have uh, Michigan State on top now, 36-34, as play has uh, come back from halftime, and Kennesaw State 36-34 over Xavier with 321 to go in the first half. Let's take a minute and go back to yesterday's slate of games. And the upsets included Princeton over U of A, but then also number 13, Furman over number four, Virginia. That took place while we were on the air yesterday, 68-67 here. Uh, You know, it's just kind of interesting. You know, Furman was kind of live um, heading into the contest, but then Virginia really just collapsed down the stretch to kind of gift them that victory. They really did. And, you know, the most experienced Virginia player and the point guard is a freshman on the 2019 national championship team, Kia Clark, just made an inexcusable decision with his turnover that, you know, immediately led to Furman's three-point field goal that gave them the lead with 2.2 seconds to go. But, you know, inexplicably in more ways than just that one play, Virginia, which is normally a very high IQ basketball team, they did some really dumb things down the stretch in this game. And Furman, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the week and then uh, during the uh, broadcast yesterday when we were watching this game live, is they can score. And uh, they even could score against Virginia, which is normally very good at the defensive end. Um, All right, so then we continue on here. Missouri ended up beating Utah State 76-65 and starting not a good day for the Mountain West. Yeah, Missouri, uh, they have – Kobe Brown is a 6'8 guard on Missouri. He has, a, I think, a bright NBA future. He took over this game. Uh, In fact, Utah State briefly took a 48-47 lead. Uh, but then Brown just completely dominated. This is actually Missouri's first NCAA tournament victory in 13 years. Kansas beat Howard 96-68. to Bill Self didn't coach yesterday, so we're waiting to see if he'll be available for tomorrow's action. But uh, maybe a little closer than you thought to start out, but then Kansas was able to pull away. 
Right. Howard uh, didn't change its style to slow down Kansas. I think Kansas is actually the best defense to offensive team in college basketball in transition. And uh, Kansas ran away even without Bill Self in the second half. A Mountain West win here. San Diego State over Charleston, 63-57. to Matt Bradley, the stud for San Diego State, 17 points on 7-15, seven, 7 rebounds and 4 assists. This was really a weird game. Uh, you know, San Diego State inexplicably just didn't take advantage of its massive, and I mean massive, physical advantage in this game. Uh, the score was tied with three minutes to go at 53, but uh, the rest of the way was 10-4 to four, uh, San Diego State, and actually they covered the game when they made two free throws with .7 remaining in the game, by the way. Arkansas beat Illinois 73-63. to Ricky Council scored 18 points, and the Razorbacks held on to win. Uh, they tried to let this lead slip away. They did. And uh, Eric Musselman against Brad Underwood, you would think that's a coaching mismatch, but it was Arkansas. They were up 17. Uh, some more low basketball IQ stuff here made this game much closer than it had to be. The one thing about this game, Arkansas, their projected lottery pick, uh, Nick Smith, uh, he wasn't good. Uh, he had six points. It was two for 10, and they still won the game by 10. Then you have Auburn beating Iowa 83-75. to Once again, Fran McCaffrey won't make it past the first weekend. Johnny Broom, 19 points, 12 rebounds, 5 blocked shots. Uh, kind of a home game as well for Auburn here, playing yes. just two hours away from campus. And they hit their free throws late in order to seal this victory. Yeah, and they were really in control of this game the whole way through. And uh, once again, another pathetic defensive performance from Iowa. Uh, they uh, had a, quote, successful season, I guess, by you know, by Iowa football and basketball standards. Uh, mediocre apparently is good enough to get contract extensions at Iowa, whether it be football or basketball. Duke dominated start to finish over Oral Roberts, 74-51. to 51. Jeremy Roach matched a career-high 23 points. Goodness gracious, people need to be looking out for this five-seeded Duke Blue Devils, right? Well, actually, in a you know kind of a sort of a mock bracket that I did, I have them going to the championship game. Uh, so they got the they scored the first 15 points in this game. I guess this is a revenge for Ohio State's loss to Oral Roberts a couple years ago. Just kidding, revenge for me. Uh, but uh, Duke's actually now won 10 in a row. They are 18 and one this season when they've had all their scholarship players available, and they're at least right now, last word, currently all available. Yeah, I think it was actually eight minutes into the game before Oral Roberts actually scored as well. So that's not great. Uh, Texas, they got a victory over Colgate, 81-61. to 61, And now they might be in position with the way that their bracket's shaping up. Yeah, and to repeat what I've said for the last few days, and even you know, occasionally during the season, when they're when Texas is playing without distractions, which they seem to have always have some distractions, they're, they're the, I think they're the most talented team in the country. Uh, and actually, I don't think you should be that surprised that you know, Colgate. I know they lost by twenty, but this game was much closer than that. Colgate is a really good shooting team. They can shoot it behind the arc. They they were they might have been the number one three point shooting team in the country. If they weren't, they're like second or third. So I wasn't all that surprised. They made some shots, and then yeah, you know, they got just worn out by Texas eventually. 
Boise State, once again, does not have a tournament win in March Madness as Northwestern beat Ever. them. Ever. Yeah, 75-67 to 67 last night. Okay, I'm sorry. Who I forgot who beat them. Northwestern. Okay, because I'm doing it. I got my little notes in alphabetical order here. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Northwestern, as I mentioned earlier, they play excellent defense without fouling. Uh, Boo Booey, your guy. Yeah. And uh, Chase Adige, they might be the best combination of offense and defensive backcourt combo in the country. In uh, uh, Boise State, still has never won a game. Uh, they're now 0-9 and all-time in the Mountain West Conference this week. If you count the Nevada loss by uh, the, when they got routed by ASU, the Mountain West 1-3 and with San Diego State, the only team still standing. We'll get into the contest for Saturday a little bit later on in the show, but uh, with Northwestern facing UCLA, I am a little worried that I won't be able to say boo-booey anymore. Uh, that's that's going to be – I think Northwestern is going to give people uh, – give UCLA a better game than people believe. They, they, those are two of the best defensive teams and two of the best coached defensive teams. They don't foul much, either of them, and they just – they are unbelievable at the defensive end. They are so sound fundamentally, both of those teams, and uh, kind of the opposite of like uh, you know, Nevada and ASU tonight, which you expect them just to – you know, excuse me, TCU and ASU tonight, you just expect them to run up and down and throw up shots. Uh, there's going to be, I'm guessing, a lot of shot attempts in the, uh, the game tonight. There will be far fewer shot attempts in the Northwestern-UCLA game. Uh, then you have Tennessee squeaking it out over Louisiana Lafayette, 58-55. Yeah, Tennessee, I mean, they're just, uh, unfortunately, they just miss Zakai Ziegler so much. He was leading the SEC in assist before he went down with the season-ending ACL. That was on February the 28th. And t- Tennessee almost blew an 18-point lead uh, to a really mediocre Louisiana team. They ended up winning by three. Uh, and they had to make, you know, the, the, this was in question in the last minute of the game. They were up 18 in the second half and won by three. Then you have Houston having a rough go over it over Northern Kentucky, but they did get the win 63-52. Marcus Sasser played, but then he left the game injured yet again. Right. Re-aggravated the groin injury. Um, you know, groin injuries are really bad. They don't heal very quickly, very often. Uh, he uh, he didn't do a whole lot, quite frankly, before he got hurt. He had five points and two assists and only played 14 minutes and left in the first half, didn't come back. Uh, they can't win the national championship if he's not healthy. Also, Kelvin Sampson revealed after the game that uh, Jamal Shedd, who's their other starting guard, who, by the way, was 6-for-15 in this game, uh, that Shedd apparently has a knee injury, according to Sampson, and Sampson's also really pissed off that he has to play Auburn in the state of Alabama. But Sampson seemed to forget that, well, if you win a couple more games, you're playing the Final Four in the state of Texas. <laughs> and in Houston. Correct. UCLA dominant over UNC Asheville, 86-53. Dominated for the start. Uh, first 14 points that led 46-25 at halftime. Without a Dembona, uh, who injured his left shoulder. That was a week ago tonight, right? A week ago tonight in the Pac-12 tournament against Oregon. Uh, Chalen Clark, obviously, is reportedly out for the season with a torn, a torn Achilles. Uh, but uh, certainly, I mentioned earlier this week, I don't know why I was talking about NC Asheville, but I mentioned how bad they are on defense. This was like a layup line 
uh, for UCLA, which struggles to score points sometimes. They had 86 yesterday. Uh, it looks like Texas A&M just kind of hit a wall because Penn State cruised to victory 76-59. I was really wrong on this game. Uh, totally wrong. Um, uh, they went on a massive run in the uh, to end the first half. And this was a supposed to be a point guard showdown. I talked about how it was going to be a point guard showdown. It was a point guard point guard mismatch. Jalen Pickett was just incredible. He had 19 points, eight assists, seven rebounds, zero turnovers, and he has the ball all the time and had zero turnovers. Wade Taylor, the uh, heralded, and I'm part of the reason he's heralded, uh, point guard for AM. He had three points and zero assists in the first half, and then he had a bunch of garbage time stats in the second half and ended up with 10 points. But this was 38 to 20 at halftime. It was never a contest after they went on that run in the first half. Right now we have a halftime score. Kennesaw State is leading Xavier 43 to 36. Uh, Michigan State on top of USC 45 to 40 with 15, 19 to play in the game. And a third game has now just gotten underway. Baylor on top of UC Santa Barbara uh, 6 to 2 with 16:43 in the first half. Kennesaw State scoring 45 points in the first half. I mean, they're not bad, but my God. I mean, uh, we've been doing the update here in this segment here, and I really haven't watched any of the last few minutes, but man, they must just not be playing any defense. Well, from a defensive-minded coach who has talked a lot about how he had to really reinvigorate his offensive side, this has to be killing him. And I'm talking about Sean Miller. I'd like to be hanging out at the Xavier locker room right about now. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, a little fly on the wall for sure. 602-260-1060. If you'd like to join the program, we'll take your calls now and get to you on the other side of the break. 602-260-1060. It is the extra points. A lot of fun going on on this St. Patrick's March. Well, it's March 17th, Friday edition of Extra Point. Yeah. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the all-new KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports going on right now. All you have to do, download the KDOS 1060 app and listen every day. I think there is a little button that will prompt you that you have to enter in to be eligible for it, but the prompt comes up. And Superbook Sports putting together a prize pack plus a $100 gift certificate that you could be eligible to win just for listening to your favorite hosts, Bob and myself. That's yes, right. <laughs> so it sounds be, like a pretty good... You better good... be your favorite host. Exactly. Sounds like yeah. a pretty good deal. Uh, let's continue here with the basketball conversation. Real but quickly pit... here, timeout. Michigan State's just blowing this open now. Well, they, they just gave up. Soon I said that, of course, they gave up a hoop. <laughs> but they were up 49 to 40 on the USC and just from what I've been able to watch a little bit during the break here USC's just kind of quit scoring we've seen unfortunately USC quit scoring in some games this year and that's been kind of their inconsistent downfall and it might be in this game okay yeah. sorry Move so on. it's a uh, 49-42 Michigan State over USC Tom Izzo irate about a foul he is going at the moment nuts. <laughs> 
Even for Tom Izzo, he's going crazy. I saw Tom Izzo get thrown out of a game live once in Northwestern, and he wasn't, I don't think, that pissed off. <laughs> so, yeah, well, whoa. Yeah, he he lost his mind there. But yeah. uh, let's stick with hoops. Oh, I just saw the play. He had a reason to lose his mind. They screwed they, because of a terrible call. <laughs> so. Let's stick with hoops conversation, but okay. let's transition over to the NBA and talk about the Phoenix Suns a bit here. They held on to beat the Magic 116-113 to last night. It did snap a three-game losing streak for them. Josh Akogi, he blocked the game-tying three attempt by Paolo Banquero. When it comes to point production, Devin Booker, 7 of 17, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Chris Paul, 7 of 11, 16 points, 7 assists. Ayton, 6 of 12, 16.7 boards. And Payne off of the bench, 18 points, 7 of 12. I know that you have a particular stance on the regular season, and I know that they don't have Kevin Durant right now, so the team is going to look different. Uh, the bench was a, a question mark before you made the trade for Kevin Durant. Now you don't have Mikhail Bridges. You don't have Cam Johnson. So I'm not entirely sure what some of the expectations were uh, with the guys that you're rolling out there right now, but you're supposed to feel good about a win, snapping a three-game losing streak, but I'm not sure I feel good about it. It just kind of feels like this team is hanging on right now. Okay, I'm here to help you out. I okay. agree with you that they're hanging on, but last night, you know, the, the, uh, the NBA tries to avoid this, but that was their fourth game in six nights. And I don't think there's any question that they were running on fumes. Monty Williams talked about that after the game, and I assume that you know, he knew it during the game. Uh, and really, even Booker. I mean, he only you know, he was not, you know, he only had uh, you know 17 field goal attempts, uh, and only ended up 19 points in the game. Campaign really helped him a lot last last night. A lot last night. In fact, I think this is the first time, literally, in the calendar year. Of 2023, where he's had two consecutive good games. Remember, he was out for a long time, and then he's come back and had some sporadic stretches. But two games in a row now, he's been pretty good. You mentioned a Kogi had 15 points. He took 14 shots to get to 15 <laughs> points. Not efficient. Uh, but, and you know, and uh, the more he shoots, I think is probably bad for the Suns. But with Durant out, uh, I think he has to you know jack up a few more shots. But yeah, in fact, they just need to get through this game. And they actually have a pretty good rest situation now for the next few days. I know they're playing on the road, uh, but they, they, you know, they don't play till Sunday again. Uh, they play at Oklahoma City. And I know, you know Oklahoma City, if you told me before the season started that they'd be you know, in this situation, that would be great. But I don't think anybody really fears Oklahoma City, who actually is really not good at home. Uh, they're barely above 500 at home, Oklahoma City, uh, and uh, maybe better than you thought they might be on the road. But yeah, tonight they're going to gain a game at least on the Mavericks or Lakers because they play each other. Uh, and the Mavericks and Lakers are both, you know, you know right now, you know, they're a mess you know, as far as you know, physically. Uh, the Warriors are on their second game of their five-game road trip, and they play again tonight at Atlanta and the total in that game is like 240-something. Uh, that, that's a, you know, appropriate. The the Wolves are behind them. Anybody take them seriously? Yeah, I know they had one nice, very nice run, but they've now lost six out of ten games. Uh, I can't imagine a scenario. The Suns would have to lose almost every game 
uh, for them to uh, you know fall out of the playoff situation or even into a play-in round because these teams behind them, it things are not going well for them either. Yeah, okay. Well, that helps a little bit that, you know, I, I don't feel great about it. feels like they're hanging on, trying to just wait for Kevin Durant to come back. Yeah. But when you talk about everything else, all the turmoil, all of the just dysfunction in the West, uh, it just they fall right into that category. Well, but I think they have actually legitimate excuses. I think some of these other teams don't. I mean, how many more games do we need to see the Warriors give up 125 <laughs> points? before we just realize that they this isn't going to work. Uh, Draymond Green suspended for tonight's game because he's already exceeded the uh, technical foul total for the year. It's an automatic one-game suspension. Uh, and it's not like he's you think he's going to go the rest of the season without getting enough, you know, more technical fouls. He's going to get suspended for more games. So these teams behind the Suns, I don't think anybody's, quote, chasing them uh, because they're just not very good. The Suns, as you mentioned there, do have some time off. They play next on Sunday at Oklahoma City. That's a 12.30 p.m. game. Then uh, they continue a road trip, but some spacing out of the games. Wednesday at L.A., taking on the Lakers. That's a that's an ESPN game, 7 p.m. And then Friday at the Sacramento Kings uh, for their three-game road trip. Now, they're good. The, the Kings? Sacramento's yes. good, yes. But they're not chasing them. In fact, the Kings are going to win the Pacific Division. Could have won some money on that before the season started. Yeah, if only we would have known. And then also kind of thinking to the hot start, uh, thinking to yourself, they're a young team. Are they going to be able to keep this momentum going? And they absolutely have. Yeah, Right. And I haven't looked at any, I don't care about the coach of the year personally, but if Mike Brown's not the coach of the year in the NBA, they should just, you know, discontinue the award. Give me a break. Michigan State on top of USC, 53-49, 10-33 to play in the contest. Uh, halftime still with Kennesaw State leading Xavier, 43-36 in Baylor on top of UC Santa Barbara, 14-11 with 11-30 to play in the first half. When I'm going to shut up trying to analyze this USC game. Every time I say that they're fading and done, I look up and they've you know, made a run. <laughs> so... Never mind. <laughs> You've been hearing me talk about it. Pick the winner of the basketball bonanza by going to KDOS1060.com, entering the basketball blitz contest from Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. If you correctly pick the winner, you go into one big pot for your chance at $2,000. That's coming to you from Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. While you're at it, check out Winner Sports Bar. Winner Sports Bar serving up great food and drinks surrounded by wall-to-wall screens, plus Arizona's best local sports book. Right now, caller number 2-602-260-1060. You get the $25 voucher to Winter Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino so that you can watch all of those games on Desert Diamond. It's 602-260-1060. Caller number 2 for the $25 voucher to Winter Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. 602-260-1060. And while you're at it, hit up KDOS1060.com for your chance at $2,000. We wrap up our number one next. Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Wrapping up our number one of Extra Point.
point on this Friday, March 17th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. I have one other NBA update here that happened while we were in break. Uh, the NBA is fining Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies $35,000 for unsportsmanlike act of shoving a camera person on the sideline after Ooh. pursuing a loose ball. Now, Dylan Brooks, you were mentioning Draymond Green now being suspended for receiving his 16th technical foul. Dylan Brooks has already been suspended for one game because he received his 16th technical foul last week or, or two weeks ago. So uh, this is the Grizzlies are currently in the news for all the wrong reasons. They have some issues, and uh, and also, you know, Brandon Clark, Valley Product, is out for the season with a torn Achilles. I think that got kind of lost in the shuffle. That happened uh, the night that they played in Denver, uh, the night that uh, Morant went to the strip club. Uh, and, yeah, he uh, he's a very good player for them. Very He contributes. He's a really good defender. And uh, his absence is going to hurt them in the long run of this season for sure. I think that's an excellent point. Uh, you kind of forgot all about that uh, on-the-court situation for the Grizzlies because so much is transpiring off the court. Yeah. But uh, Brandon Clark, the Suns had a chance to draft him, and they didn't. And uh, you kind of sometimes wondered, hmm, what would have happened if they would have taken him? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not – I'm guessing that uh, you know, Mikhail Bridges wouldn't have been part of the team or as big a part of the team, but yeah, they could use him right now. <laughs> well, but I'm technically not right now, I guess, because he's got a torn Achilles, but before he got hurt, certainly. Healthy, they could certainly use him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's check in with what's going on PGA Tour Valspar Championship. Uh, Adam Schenk, he is your clubhouse leader after two rounds. He is seven under par. He shot two under par today. Kramer Hickok is in second at six under par. Tommy Fleetwood is in a tie for third at five under par. Jordan Spieth, he shot four under yesterday. He's just getting his rounds started today. He's two under, or I'm sorry, he's one under par through two holes, getting him to five under par in a high for third odds on favorite justin thomas to win the tournament uh heading into thursday's round he's two under par today through two holes four under for the tournament sitting in a tie for eighth when it comes to our guys adam hadwin i don't know what happened he shot two under par yesterday was in fantastic position and he took a triple bogey followed it up with a bogey he's four over par through four holes so plenty of holes to turn it around however if the swing has left you uh i don't know how much you're really turning it around the current cut line is sitting at one over par however in good news we had a head-to-head matchup between byunghan on and uh jonathan vegas uh on is three under par for the tournament good enough for a tie for 12 vegas is four over for the tournament both of them are done for their 36 hole matchup so we are going to get a victory on that because vegas is not going to make the cut uh, unless all of a sudden weather turns really horrific i can't see the cut line moving to four over par so i think we're sitting pretty on that one in terms of what's going on with the valspar championship and your back-to-back defending champion sam burns he is sitting in a tie for 12th right now some nfl moves because free agency is still ongoing uh i'm curious to know what you think about this tight end mike jacecki is going to the patriots jacecki was actually recruited to penn state by bill o'brien yeah. but bill o'brien left 
uh, and he then went to the Houston Texans. But there is that familiarity there with Jacecki, and he kind of fell out of favor with the Dolphins. He's got tremendous ball skills, and as an Ohio State fan, I was really happy that he left the Big Ten and went to the NFL, except they got like three more tight ends to replace him that were also really good and still there. And they've never had a shortage of tight ends, at least in the last few years at Penn State. And I remember even Ted Qualick going back to like the late 60s, early 70s. I mean, they've had some tight ends there. And Kyle Brady was a tremendous player and a really good NFL player. Uh, but uh, you know, he's got ball skills for sure. And I would assume that uh, you know, Jones has got to be pretty happy that uh, you know, they're going to get him in there as a tight end because uh, he's certainly a pass catcher. He's not a blocker. I think that's one of the reasons he fell out of favor in uh, Miami. Uh, then you also have quarterback Marcus Mariota going to the Eagles, a one-year, $5 million deal, sticking with the Eagles. Darius Slay ended up staying in Philly after all of that. Three years, $42 million with $23 million fully guaranteed. Some of the other quarterbacks that we kind of – had one eye on. Uh, Colts are bringing in Gardner Minshew, $3.5 million guaranteed on a one-year deal. Drew Locke staying in Seattle to back up Geno Smith. Cooper Rush staying in Dallas to back up Dak Prescott. Also, Chase Edmonds is going to Tampa Bay on a one-year deal. Yeah, still got some Tampa Bay ties. People that were here with the Cardinals or you know, work for the Tampa organization or on the coaching staff there. We dive back into March Madness to kick off our number two of Extra Point. Plus, still the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits available as well. It is the Extra Point. 